Sharna.org podcast coming your way. This is number 347. Another Q&A episode, guys. Remember, the odds are Q&As. The evens are compounds. Steve Smee and Rick checking in from the Hamptons. What's up, buddy? How's the weather out there? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Hamptons. You know Hamptons, man. <laughs> All right, guys. So oh, yeah. I, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Nassau County, Long Island. In the Bronx, in Brooklyn. So, we guys, we got five really, really cool topics. Um, the first one is choosing the blast and cruise while you're in your late 20s. And uh, a lot of guys are, um, are doing that. Um, they don't – you know, steroids are so easily accessible these days. They're so affordable these days. It's not like the old days where you need to, uh, you know – know someone who knew someone who knew someone to get steroids. Now you just go online, click at the mouse, just like ordering anything off of Amazon. It's so easy to get steroids on. So guys, they can't help themselves. You know, they, they want to get steroids. They want to use them year round. I've seen, I've seen some uh, ridiculous amount of steroid abuse. I've seen some guys running steroids for years straight. So now a lot of guys like to do the blast and cruise. So a blast and cruise would be basically a blast would be running a typical moderate to high steroid cycle. And then a cruise would be cruising at a, just a dosage, a, a, a low dosage or a TRT dose. Although the cruises that I see, usually they run it twice with the TRT doses. So we're seeing this more and more now guys are choosing just instead of running a cycle, doing a PCT coming off, being patient and then running another cycle, maybe one, one or two cycles a year at the most guys are just like, you know what? Let me just blast and cruise year round because I don't want to do a PCT. I don't want to come off because I'm addicted to, you know, the life, the, the, the strength, the muscle gains and everything. And if I come off, I'm going to lose my strength. I'm going to lose my muscle and I can't handle it because I got to improve in a linear fashion. So that's, that's the basis for why guys are choosing the blasts and cruise. Um, are you able to monetize bodybuilding? Are you able to monetize fitness? You know, I am Rick is, but it doesn't mean that I run steroids year round. It doesn't mean that I blast and cruise. I like to run maybe one or two cycles a year, cycle on, PCT, cycle off. That's, that's what I want to do. And I'm almost in my 40s, so I'm not doing it. So why would someone in their late 20s want to do it, especially if you're not even monetizing it, especially if you're not making a living through bodybuilding or through fitness? I don't see the point because the dangers of blasting and cruising in your late 20s is there's a good chance that you'll need to go on TRT the rest of your life. You'll completely ruin your reproductive system. You won't be able to have children. There's going to be a, a girl when you get older who you end up falling in love with and marrying, and you're going to try to get her pregnant, and you're not going to be able to because you screwed up your re reproductive system because you don't have any sperm that are modal that can actually uh, – connect with an egg so she's gonna get pissed at you she's gonna get frustrated so you guys got to think about this long term so i don't like to hear guys in their 20s or even 30s who choose to blast and cruise i think it's absurd um, but at the end of the day look you know it's your decision what you want to do just at the very least learn the, about the dangers of doing this and what's going to happen and listen to some of these other guys who actually made that same mistake. My old podcast host did that at a very young age and he ended up now he's on thyroid medications, TRT, all this stuff for the rest of his life that he's got to take. You got to be basically a slave to hormones and a slave to drugs. So over the long term, cycling is going to, be more healthy and beneficial than blasting and cruising and then just going on TRT. That's the facts. You know, I'm giving you the facts on that. So you can choose to do what you want, but that's my little lecture for you. you know, nobody wants to hear, you know, me tell them what to do. It's like, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. It's my body. All right, do it. I'm just, I'm just warning you of what can potentially happen. What's your thoughts on this, Rick? When you're that young, 
when you are uh, in your late 20s, you really want to focus much more on the training, the diet, getting to know your body, getting to know your muscles, getting to know yourself mentally. Um, and as far as steroids, like just do as little as you can actually do for where you where you need to get. If you're trying to be a competitor, you've got a coach and you've got a, a whole plan on, on competition. I, I can see that. Then you've got you've got a different path. But for most of us that are just trying to look good, um, there's no reason for all of this. This blasting cruise, you're basically putting yourself uh, sort of on on testosterone replacement therapy at that point, or, or I should say, on androgen replacement therapy at that point. If you're, because you're going to be doing something all the time, I suggest maybe run a couple of short cycles per year. Maybe one cycle per year might be all you really need. And then the rest of the time, stay looking lean and, and nice just with diet, good training, and some over-the-counter supplements, some over-the-counter stuff. There's good, good stuff out there you can take. But mess as little as you can with your endocrine system. Uh, put as little amounts of synthetic compounds into your body that you that you need in order to achieve the, the look that you're going for. And be realistic about what you want and why you want it. How how shredded do you want to look? How big do you want to look? And for what? I think there are a lot of guys out there that are like pumping trembolone and doing these big cycles, 12 weeks and stuff and going hard. And they just want to be big ass Bob at the office. Just looking brolic, just going in and out of a regular ass job every day. If you're trying to compete, if it's part of your persona for whatever reason, if it's part of who you are for whatever reason, this fitness grind, then maybe I can see that somehow. But most people out there, most guys just, uh, you know, trying to look good for themselves and for wifey, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't need a, you don't need to put yourself through, through uh, androgen replacement therapy, uh, you know, self-imposed basically on your own so, so early on it's unnecessary what do you think steve yeah and i said i said it you know at the beginning so but at the end of the day um i wouldn't even use steroids until you're at least 30 i wouldn't i mean i don't see the point in using them in your 20s a 20 your 20s should be about finding yourself should be about educating yourself building skills saving money that should be what you should do in your 20s and then once you get into your 30s and you know, you, you really feel like, yeah, I hit a plateau, then it's time to start using steroids. But the, the blast and cruise in your 20s, it's, it doesn't make any sense. To me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's you know, that's how it goes. And um, I think we're trending back uh, in the other direction on this. I think a lot of guys are realizing how right I am on this. And we're kind of turning the other direction where guys are, are treating this a little more conservatively when it comes to the, their steroid use, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I think the people who, who are more aggressive with steroid abuse and stuff, they, they look like fools these days. They look like fools. And then guys like me who are stressing to do this the smart way. We look like geniuses. So I think, I think over time, I think over time it's trending in the, in the right direction. So we're going to see a lot more, um, I think better, better physiques and healthier bodies, people living a little longer over time, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So number two guys, can I use two different types of tests in the same cycle by two different types of tests? I'm assuming he means esters. You have testosterone, sipinate, you have enthate, you have propanate, You've got decanate, you've got suspension, you know, on and on and on. Different types of esters. Um, there's sustenin and omnidron, which are ester blends. So can you mix and match them? Yeah, of course. That's what sustenin and omnidron are in the first place. They're basically steroid esters that are mixed. So you can do it that way. You can you use one. At the end of the day, it just matters on the brand. If it's a good quality source, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and 
that's that's what your main objective should be because it makes a big difference if you uh, if you're getting underdose steroids, underdose steroids, overdose steroids, steroids that are bunk, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what you should be watching for. I wouldn't even worry about about any of that. And then also what type of tests you run absolutely matters and what type of ester because that that determines how often you should inject. So if you're running a shorter ester, you gotta inject more often. If you're running a longer ester, you have to inject more infrequently. If you're running an eight week cycle, it would make more sense to run a shorter ester. If you're running a, a, a if you're on TRT or you're blasting and cruising, like we talked about in the last subject, you wanna run a longer esters. This way you only have to inject once a week or once every 10 days or once every two weeks even, if it's a long, really long ester. Rick, what do you think about it? Yeah, you could run a couple of esters, but I don't see a reason to. I mean, why? But just take one ester and stick to it. The only reason I see that you will run two esters is if you're putting a cycle together from leftovers. So if you're putting a cycle together from from leftover stuff, then yeah, okay. I, I see. I I can see a a reason to maybe go that route if you're putting a cycle together from leftover stuff. But uh, if you're planning on, on buying your your gear, um, no, just just get one ester. What's the what's the point? Um, so that's it. I mean, that's all I have to say on it. Pretty uh, pretty self-explanatory on that one. So the next one, guys, severe depression from steroid use. I actually wrote an article about this a while back. I'm going to link it in the podcast notes. You guys can click on that. Um, those of you who are on YouTube, you want to check out on the website because on YouTube, there, there's not going to be a link for it. But it's a really good article. Um, it has, I think, like 30,000 views or something already. And um, I think that, you know, uh, the thing is, if you already have depression going into steroids, the cliche is that your depression will probably get worse. And, and it, even if it doesn't get worse when you come off, there's a good chance it gets worse. So really fluctuating with your hormones isn't a good idea when it comes to uh, if you have a mental issue like, like depression. So I'm going to bring in Rick early on this because Rick, I believe, used to be have uh, depression issues when he was younger. So uh, talk about it, Rick. No depression, anxiety. Thank God I never suffer from depression, anxiety mainly. Uh, yeah, I mean, steroids affect – you have androgen receptors in your brain. We've said this on the podcast many times. Steroids will affect and will attach to androgen receptors in your brain. You have estrogen receptors in your brain, uh, higher estrogen, methylstradiol, all these estrogens that are a byproduct of steroid use can also attach to these receptors. And it can cause some mental effects or it could amplify, it could worsen some effects. So, it's not something I see commonly being reported, but it could happen. Depression from steroids, yes. I have seen it reported before, obviously, and um, but it's not very common. I think there are a lot of people that have maybe some pre-existing depression issues that maybe uh, gravitate towards fitness and bodybuilding as a way to maybe deal with – it's a good, healthy way to deal with some some issues. And along the way, they – stumble onto steroids, they want to use juice, but they've got some pre-existent problems. They've got some stuff in the past. Again, maybe the, the thing that brought them over to fitness in the first place. And then they start messing with steroids, sometimes mixing them with some of their psych medications, which is not a good idea. And Or, you know, you have someone who thinks they're, they've gotten over depression issues, then they start using steroids and, and it triggers it again. So when we say on the podcast that you don't want to come into steroids with any pre-existing conditions, even mental health stuff, I mean, it's serious, it's legit. One of the problems we have right now in society is mental, the mental aspect of it. And we see people go to prison. I don't know what the stat is, Rick. What is it, like 50% of prisons are people who are mentally messed up something like that it might even be higher might something be like, along those lines yeah Me i think it might even be like 70 percent or 80 percent even but 
we tend to in our society, there's no profit in uh, mental mental health. There's no profit in it. So um, a lot of people get into, I know people who studied psychology and stuff like that in college. Even uh, I dated a girl, she had a master's degree in psychology and she worked as a waitress. And I, I asked her, I'm like, why, why do you have a master's degree in psychology and you work as a waitress? She's like, the money's too good. So that should tell you something right there. There's, there's just no money in it. You can't get like mentally ill people and treat them and help them and make money at it because mentally ill people don't have money. You have a homeless people, homeless veterans who are mentally ill on the street. You run into them every day. If you go to any uh, military town across America, you're driving through the town. You have men, you have, they have people who are in the military. So they basically use them and they spit them out. And that's, a, that's our society. And, you know, we put people in jail for having pot in their car. But we, and then uh, these people who are doing insider trading and all this illegal stuff on Wall Street and making millions of dollars, we, uh, when they get caught, we give them, we fine them $10,000 $10, and that's it. So, I mean, we have a screwed up society and um, a lot of these mental issues are very treatable, very, very treatable, but it's the only way to profit from it is to put people on uh, medication. So then they start getting on medication. So that's why I tell guys, like before you use steroids, if you're on any type of medication, anything could be for your heart health, could be a mental issue, anything you're on, you should wean off of it before running steroids. And that's hard to do for a lot of people because if most people follow that, no one, barely anyone would use steroids. So most people are on four or five different types of pills these days. Um, you know, and that's, that's how it is. That's just a failure uh, of society. So a lot of these mental issues, I, I really believe can be treated with non-medical things. So once you get balance, you get balance in your life, then you can kind of from there, then transition in, into using anabolics from there. So try that. If you're on medication right now, any type of medication, See if you can wean off of it. See if you can wean off of it safely. And, uh, you know, I say that on forums. I had someone one time, like, they yelled at me, like, you're telling someone who's crazy to get off their medication. I'm like, well, I'm sorry that your butt hurt, but yeah, I am. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've been depressed before. I've been suicidal before. I don't go and take pills for it. I fucking get my ass up and come back. I've had tragedy in my life, financial tragedy, personal tragedy, broken hearts, all kinds of shit. I don't go take a pill for it, you know? So you get over it. You gotta just pick yourself up off the ground and move on. There's a lot worse situations out there than these things that people get depressed over, you know? So. Just look around the world. Look at look at Africa. Look at some of these countries in Africa. People don't even have food. They don't have clothes. If you have if you have a wardrobe, you're already richer than most of the world. Because one billion people in the world live on a dollar a day. So that's just the facts. I mean, that's it's just insane how we uh, we don't have perspective on things. So yeah, depression is is definitely something uh, guys can definitely do a way better job of, of fixing. Anything else to add, Rick? Mental health, get a professional. You'll hear me say as over to therapy over and over again. Get somebody you can go talk to, somebody who can help you identify destructive patterns of behavior in your life. And don't go in there as an open book, just, you know, not without a plan don't don't just go in there winging it have a clear vision of what you're looking for and and execute it and go in there knowing what it is that you want help with what it is that you want to work on what themes are, are are fucking things up in your life you know go in there and and specifically ask for help and he'll know he'll have experience or she'll have experience helping other people get out of their circles of of just not good behavior and just get help every time you just go and get, and get help. But if you go and get help before things become a real problem. 
All right. So the next one, uh, this question, this was a woman. Um, she contacted me. She says her husband has low libido for the past year. She got him some steroids because she thought the steroids would help him. She put him on test and DECA. And she says that his libido still has not improved even on the steroids. So um, I think I'm bringing Rick early on this one, but I think there's a couple things here you have to realize. Um, number one, that he may be getting his satisfaction from somewhere else. He could be getting satisfaction from another woman, from other women, from porn, from some other, other place. That's, that's number one. Number two, if you guys don't have a good sex life together in a relationship, you know, something is wrong there. There's something wrong. The attraction should, could be gone. The, you know, the, there's just not a connection anymore. So you probably, you know, you're either going to have, you're probably end up just having to go ahead and just get divorced and move on because that's no way to live. You know, my rule in a relationship and, uh, you know, I've argued this with Rick a lot when we talked about these relationship topics, but you have to, before you even get, even start dating someone is you have to have time in your life for them. If you're in a, a relationship, you're living with someone, you're married, whatever, you have to take two hours out of your week. Even, I don't care how busy you are. I don't care how many jobs you have. I don't care how much shit you have to do. Take two hours out of your week to just spend time with the other person intimately. Um, you know, you have to do that. It's just like if you have a family, you have to sit down. Very, very important, me growing up was always a holiday, Christmas, always, you know, you always have spent half a day with the family. I don't care how busy you are. You always spend half the day on Christmas with the family, opening up gifts, having, having lunch together, stuff like that, always. And then for dinner, dinner time, very, very important. I don't care how busy you are. Um, we all have, we are latchkey kids, our generation, Rick and I generation, we're latchkey kids. Both our parents worked. We still took time to have dinner together. So it's the same thing in a relationship. You have to take time together once a week. If you can't do that, you should not be dating. You should not be in a, in a relationship or a marriage, period. And then if you had done that a year ago, you wouldn't be in this situation now. Because what happens is you build that habit of not spending time together intimately. That goes by after for two weeks, the three weeks, for four weeks, on and on and on. And then pretty soon it's a year. And then pretty soon it's two years. I, I knew a woman eight years she did not have sex with her husband. She did not have any type of sex for eight years because her husband, for some reason, wasn't interested. I don't know. She gets divorced, and then she turns into a whore. She's like meeting guys off of apps, off dating websites. She's fucking different random guys. So there's definitely – it's not something that you can treat by throwing steroids at a person or throwing hormones at a person or whatever. It's definitely something where simply you don't have that connection anymore. And it's like you built that habit of not dedicating time for each other and that doomed the relationship. What do you think, Rick? So I'll take another approach to this. There's a lot of reasons why a guy can have low libido. It could happen for many, 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 many reasons. Maybe he loves you just fine. He's just stressed out at work, you know, being bullied at work. Maybe he's having internal problems. It's just a bunch of reasons. So you can't jump to him not loving you or, or him not wanting to be with you or him having another woman because sometimes libido just drops. And look, when a guy is cheating, you'll usually be able to tell women out there you usually be able to tell. It will usually be a pretty uh, pretty easy way to tell. You know, when mistresses don't tend to get out of the way so easily, guys got to go through hoops to get that, get that mistress situation going. Men, when, when you could ask Steve because he's been, he's been the other guy several times. Men, when you're the other guy, you, you cater to that lady, you, you set a schedule up. If the husband calls, you shut the fuck up. Make sure she can pick up that call. Right, Steve? But see, with men, the dynamic is different. So you, most of us men will get caught cheating if 
if the woman wants to really catch you. You learn, so you learn, in my, you learn to hide in the closet when the when the husband comes home. That's the secret, or under the bed, because men, men the husband will never check the closet or under the bed. You know, every joke that I know, the husband checks the closet and under the bed. But, <laughs> but uh, so there's a lot to explore there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to the end where the, this is over with and he's cheating and he doesn't love you. Nah, there could be a lot going on. Again, work, pressure from work, unhappiness in the workplace. You know, or maybe also, maybe you've let yourself go a little bit too and that's, that's added in. I hate to hate to put it on her, but sometimes both men and women, we just stop caring about. And, and it's, and it's not the normal aging. It's not the normal getting older. I'm talking about just stop taking fucking care of yourself. And there are no excuses. Oh, I don't have time with this. No, you've got fucking, you've got a few minutes to yourself to take care of yourself. So it's not maybe that the attraction is not there, but it's that, some of that hotness and romance starts to go away when you see somebody who's not really taking care of themselves, taking good care of themselves. You know, there's this attraction that comes with living and being next to someone. And you can see them taking care of themselves. You can see their grind. You can see their intention. That there's, there's, there's a good feeling that comes along with that. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Agree to, like, what do you mean? Agree with what? Uh, that that the problem could be not that he doesn't love her, but that he's having he's having other issues. Right, but I mean, like, if he was gay, he'd be fucking other guys. You see what I'm saying? So that kind of goes. I, with I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm throwing that out there as a maybe, but I don't think that's probably not the problem. But nowadays, well, nowadays. I- I'd like to think that nowadays, culture being what it is, the last 30 years at least, most men who, who are gay will just be gay and not, not ruin people's lives living in the closet. Like, I just, it's no, still no, a possibility. That's not, that, that's, yeah, that's not there possible. are out there, but it, it shouldn't. It, I, I, I doubt, out of, out of all the possible things, I doubt this, this, that would be it. I don't think that in these situations you can rescue the marriage. I don't think that there's anything, a magic bullet that he can take or that he can do or talking to him that's going to rescue this marriage. I don't think you can go from not having sex for a year to, yeah, we're going to start having sex regularly. I don't see that happen. I just don't see this ending ending well. And I don't think there's anything you can do. Like they can literally both get divorced, move on, start dating new people and start having regular sex. I don't think that's anything I, because I've been in, in these types of situations before you just, you know, you just end up being with someone who's your roommate. It's not anything more than that. And, uh, you know, that's it. And it's not, it's not something long-term. But what's weird in those situations, sometimes you'll break up and then you'll hook up later. And then it'll be great sex. But when you were together, living together, you couldn't stand even being around the, the other person. That's interesting, Steve. That's an interesting look I think it's I've, – I've been in a situation before. I had an ex come and stay with me for the weekend, right? She came. I was so horny. We fucked like the first hour she got there. Then for the next two days, I literally want her to leave. I didn't want her to, to stay. You're an animal, Steve. <laughs> it's not being an animal. I'm just you're, making... you're an animal, bro. Why? Why am I an animal? You used her and, and you ready to go, man. No, no, she used me. I wasn't using her. Listen, in some that's, situations that's, that's you that's, you do that, and the next day you like want the girl again. And in some situation you do that, you don't want to see the person for a month. So why marry someone that is like that? You don't want to see them for a month. You can't stand being around them, but you want to find someone who you want to be that you miss that you, you, you think about all the time that you're obsessed over. That's the person you want to be with. You don't want to be with someone you can't stand. So why marry someone in the first place? Well, society says you have to get married. The or, way maybe, she, or maybe they the were way. like that or before. And then after they got married, things start fall, tailing off. That's fine. 
So in that situation, just move on. The, the way it should happen, the way it should happen, guys, really, really, the way it should really happen is you, you fall in love and you enjoy sex more with the other person as the years go by. And it doesn't matter how, how they age, you still see them attractive. It doesn't matter what you just see them as, as a sexier individual. You, you should enjoy sex with the person more and more and more as the years go by. You get used to having sex. You get used to pleasing each other. You get used to understanding how to please each other in a, in a perfect situation in a good marriage you shouldn't be getting tired of each other. It should, if anything, it should just get better and better as the years go by. And, and it and doesn't matter. Like I said, how age treats either of you, you still think you're hot. And that's a healthy relationship. And that's the way that I've seen good, healthy couples describe their relationships. In anything else, anything other than that, if you're, thinking about straying if you're not as attracted to each other anymore if you're all these things then it's usually not a healthy sign the norm for a good healthy relationship my opinion <laughs> is you like each other want to have more sex with each other you get used to each other to the point where you it would wouldn't be as good it would even be weird and cumbersome to to try to have sex with someone else, someone new. All right, so let's because finish. You, yep. Let's yeah, transition into the, the last one, leaving a toxic relationship. So finish up the show. Uh, we have five minutes left, Rick. Tell us about this one. So let's say, you know, you exhausted everything and you, it's a toxic relationship from top to bottom. Finish up the show. Tell us tips for leaving a toxic relationship. How do you, how do you, leave, how do you leave a toxic relationship? Um, Usually when there's toxicity in a relationship is because there's some kind of dependency on each other. It, it's only toxic if you're sitting there letting it be toxic. You know, it's not toxic when you just, when you're willing to walk the fuck away. Um, it sometimes their, their kids and, and children and financial stuff at stake that complicates things. For the most part, it's only toxic if you can't, if you, if you have some kind of codependency, some kind of weird dynamic where you feed off each other's misery in a way. So first step to leaving a toxic relationship is understand the, the dynamic of why it is you can't walk away. What is that's keeping you from walking away? And once you understand that, then you you can break everything else down, but just just remember when it when it's toxic, it's only toxic because you're still there. Believe you me, and Steve knows there are a lot of toxic relationships we could have had or we could be in right now, but we've walked the fuck away. So if it's toxic, it's because you're there. If you'd have walked away, wouldn't even be talking about it right now. Wouldn't even be thinking about it. You have something else in mind. And identify why it is you can't walk away. Everybody's got a different, a different chain binding them, a different rope holding them. You just gotta figure out what what yours is and and cut it loose. But sometimes it's that's not it. that easy though. You, if you have if you, identifying it, you gotta identify what it is. It's not easy if you don't know why you're there. What but it if, is you share, if you share a scenario, if you share young children together, it's not that easy. To leave because now you're punishing the kids too and also if you're uh like you said depending on the other person like let's if it's like, toxic, if you, if if it's you toxic, live it the kids are having a worse time with you guys watching you guys go off if it's toxic it's even worse for the kids to watch it too that's true a lot of though like you know customary conservative fan you know people they don't believe in raising you know kids uh, when first step but a Couples counseling, go to couple, couples counseling, go in there, you know, put your guard down, go in there and try to work this thing out and go in there knowing they're going to ask you the first day of couples counseling. They're going to ask you, why are you here? Why are you trying to, why are you going through all this to try to work this out? You better have good reasons. You know, you better have really good reasons why you, 
you want to sit there and you want to work this out. And sometimes you could, you might have nothing nice to say. Sometimes you might go in there and say, I generally hate our guts, but we have good sex. Sometimes it's great, but for the most part, we don't, we don't really get along. That's the start, <laughs> you know? So, uh, uh, or you might go in there and say, Hey, I, I love her. She's great. But the sex is terrible. You know, you, you, whatever, whatever it is, but you go in there and, 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 and try it out. And if it, and if you can't get anywhere with good couples counseling, going in there, really trying to make it work, probably not going to get in, go anywhere unless you get a shitty counselor. Cause there are shitty counselors out there. So you might, you might want to give it a try with a couple different counselors, but you got to go in there with your guard down, willing to listen, willing to try. One of, one of my, um, I won't drop his name, but one of the guys that I, I that trained me in, in MMA later on and more more boxing and kickboxing, good guy. He, he's pretty well known. Him and I were having a conversation because I was going through my my divorce thing while, while I was uh, while I was training with him. So I said, you know, we're starting counseling next week, couples counseling next week. I said, what do you what do you think about that? Because I I asked this man a lot of a lot of different questions, and he's funny guy he goes you know rick i've done it before he goes but do it right don't be like me you know go in there and really try really give it a try and, and try your best and listen and pay attention i used to go in there and they would her and, and the counselor be talking and in my mind i'd be holding mitts for a guy or <laughs> thinking about a guy's next fight so like you really got to go in there and try so you got to go in there and try man it's it's the it, it, try it and if that doesn't work then you need to figure out what ties you and get the fuck out and if you got kids the kids should be the kids should be more of the reason to either work it out and make it nice or get the fuck out so the kids don't see the worst of you because when you're in a toxic relationship it brings out the worst of you the worst of both of you and that's what your kids see so don't let your kids see the worst of you anymore they either you fix this thing you and when it gets that toxic you always need a professional to come in and help even if you guys go to church or something, you know, that there's also help there. Couples retreats, there's all kinds of stuff for people that really want to work it out and really want to make it together. There's, there's all kinds of things you can do. So just, you know, just get out there and do it, make the decision. Uh, that's it. What do you think, Steve? What about situations where, you know, you can't afford rent? without the other person, she can't afford rent. You can't afford rent or he, you know, he can't afford rent. What do you do then? And you're living together because, or you could be in a contract. You could be leasing a place and be a one year contract. You're six months into it and you can't break your contract without paying a penalty. And now you got to go find another place. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes it's not easy to break up. Sometimes you have, you're kind of get stuck together. It kind of, you don't have that flexibility in some situations. You know, People that actually have these problems wish, I mean, really wish it was all just about monetary. You know, if it's monetary, you, you can figure that part out. And I don't have a, a really good offer to tell anybody if it's a monetary issue because we all need money. This, this, we all need money always, all of us. So if it's a monetary issue that's keeping you there, then, then you know you just need money and that'll, that'll solve everything. But a lot of times, Steve is not so monetary. A lot of times we give ourselves other excuses. Oh, I, I can't afford it. Oh, you know, the kids. Oh, 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 oh. the family, the influence, the, the job, whatever. But the real reason is you just can't, you just don't want to leave this person. Either you, you don't want, either you, you have, like I said, maybe it's toxic, but it's great sex. Or maybe you just don't want to see him with anybody else or maybe you're just lonely and don't think anybody else will love you or maybe you just, i mean you can i could just name reasons many reasons the rest of the podcast of why people get into these vicious circles so i mean what else can i add man she gotta go all right enough of these depressing topics guys if you want to stick stick with the podcast after the credits um, we're going to uh, have a couple uh, jokes, stories, slash stories, um, I, and uh, we'll, we'll cheer you guys up. So sorry about this uh, depressing uh, podcast. I feel like crying right now. For Steve Smee, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. This was episode 
347 as we uh, march till 400. Have a good one, guys. You really got depressed, Steve? I thought these were just fun, funny-ass topics. It hit home somewhere, didn't it, Steve? Huh? I miss, I miss my ex. This makes me miss my ex. That's what it is. No, I, th- I thought it was a fun topic. You know, listen, if you're not going through this, but you know somebody who might be, it's fun to listen to. It's only bad if you're going through yeah. it. So, guys, if you know anybody who's going through this, please uh, contact uh, 1-800. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. 1-800. So, we got jokes after the podcast, right? Yep. All right. So, uh, you want to you wanna set it up? You want to say goodbye? Yeah. So, so guys, goodbye again. I, I already said goodbye, but oh, goodbye you already said goodbye. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Like it. Anyway, so um, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. All right, that's it, man. Um, so we're doing jokes? Yeah, you, ha- you want to go first? You want me to go? I have a story. No, mother-in-law. You go. Huh? you go first. You hit the story. I love your story. Go ahead. You, like, you like them? All right, so I have a mother-in-law. You've got, you've got, the, gr- you've got the greatest stories, bro. Go ahead. So you uh, guys, um, we haven't done any mother-in-law jokes, but I have a mother-in-law story. Uh, this happened to me. So uh, a few, you know, a few years ago, I was dating a girl. She's up from from where you're from, Rick, up there, up in uh, the Hamptons. And um, her mom's family is from Brooklyn, so she's got like an accent, New York accent. So anyway, she was coming down for a visit. I met her like once, once or twice before, like on the holidays, like for a little, for like a half a day or something. So I didn't really know the lady like too well. Um, she was a little nutty. So she, she's coming down. Um, her flight was arriving at four o'clock from, from LaGuardia up there uh, in LaGuardia, your, your airport up there. And uh, I was going to go pick her up because uh, my girlfriend, her, she didn't get off work at six. So I got stuck, you know, picking, picking her up. So I had to go pick up the mother-in-law from, uh, from the airport. So I get there, you know, I pick her up. I wave to her. I'm parked out front. She's like, hey, hey, that's me. It's me. So she, she looks at me and she looks away and then she starts walking towards me. And she's like, where's my daughter? And I'm like, I'm like, ma'am, uh, your daughter, she's just get off work at six, but we're going to go. I'm going to take you to have a nice bite to eat. I'm sure you're hungry. It was a, it was a long flight, three hour flight from, from New York. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go have a bite to eat. So we go, I'm like, what do you want to eat? She's like, anything Italian. I only eat Italian food. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'll take you to Italian from New York. Of course you like Italian food. So I take her to the Italian restaurant. We get in there, we sit down. This is a great like pizza, like a little mom and pop pizza place. So they, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm like, what do you want to eat? She's like, pizza pie. Get me a pizza pie. So I order a pizza. You know, they come, they bring out the pizza, and like as soon as it hits the table, she like looks at it with her eyes big. She's getting pissed. She's like, you call this New York pizza? This is a New York pizza. Get this shit out of here. She's like making a scene, like like going crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I got my head like in my hands. I'm like, oh my God, she's embarrassing me. I'm like a regular at this place. I'm like, I can never come here again. She's like, she calls the waiter over. She's like, this is a New York style pizza. Look at this. It's not supposed to be like this. I'm like, I told the guy, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry about this. Just box it up and we'll, you know, I'll take it home. No problem. So we get to the house. We walk in there. And she's like, uh, she's like, where's my room? And I'm like, all right, so here's your room here. Here's your bathroom. So she walks across the, the house. She walks into the master bedroom. She walks into the master bathroom. She's like, this is the bathroom I want. It's got a big tub. And I'm like, all right, all right, you know, fine. You can use the bathroom. I'll use this. I'll use the guest bathroom. You can use the master bathroom. I don't care. So then like the next day I get up in the morning, I'm going to, you know, shave. Like I was doing in the morning, I walk in there and I see her standing on top of the toilet, peeing in the fucking toilet, standing up. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I walk out and I go to my girl. I'm like, I'm like, did you know your, your mom pees while standing up? And she's like, why are you looking? And I'm like, what are you crazy? You think I want to see that shit?
I don't want to see that shit. Are you kidding me? It was an accident. I was in there to get my razors. So then, like, after, you know, they, you know, she leaves and stuff, I go back. I sneak into the master bathroom, and I see, like, little hairs, like, on the toilet. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is there fucking little hairs all over the toilet? So I don't know. I grab my razors. I go, right? I'm like, I'm going to shave in the other fucking bathroom. So then, like, a couple of days later, my, my, I'm sitting at home with her mom, and my girlfriend comes home from work, 6 o'clock. She comes in the room, and she walks up to me, and she just clocks me right in the face. So I fall on the ground. I get up. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? She's like, you motherfucker, you've been cheating on me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I haven't cheated on me. She's like, I just came from the doctor. He told me I got crabs. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, how could you have crabs? I don't have crabs. How the fuck do you have crabs? You've been cheating on me. I'm not the one cheating on you. You the you've been cheating on me. So uh, I mean, I'm like, you cheating on the, the the guys down the street, haven't you? So the mom walks in. The mom's like, what the fuck is going on here? What are you arguing about? And I'm like, your daughter's been cheating on me. She's got crabs. So the mom like goes into the bedroom. She gets her suitcase. She brings it outside. She drops on the floor. She opens it up, and she pulls out like this medication for crabs. So it turned out the mom had crabs. She used the toilet. She was shaving on top of the toilet. It got on the toilet, and then my girlfriend used the toilet and got crabs. So then I got, I got blamed for cheating on her. So all along, the mom was the one who had crabs. So that, that's, yeah, that's the story. That's a crazy fucking story, Steve. You like it? You like the accent? I thought the accent was the worst part yeah. about the story. LaGuardia. Can you say LaGuardia? LaGuardia. No, say it with the New York accent. Come on. LaGuardia. LaGuardia. This is my New York accent. That's the great thing about the New York accent. Everybody has their own. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tell us. So tell us. LaGuardia. Give us. Give us your joke for the day. <laughs> All right, so a guy and his horse walk into a bar in New York. And when they get up to the bar, the bartender looks at the horse and says, Hey, buddy, why the long face? That's it. That, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's a quick and, quick and to the point. I like it. Yeah, it's a good joke, man. I had to, had to do a short one today with your long story. Are the is, is this a real this is a real story, Steve? The the, the girlfriend, the crabs. I mean, so you should tell them the story about the La La Llorona about when you're a, ch- a kid and the La Llorona uh, made love to you by the riverbank at night. You should tell that is story. Is that what La is supposed to do? Make make love to you by the river by the bank road? Doesn't sound too bad, actually. La <laughs> La the La Llorona. Llorona. All right, guys. That's a All right, guys. So we hope you we like hope- you like sc- you like sc- you like scary stories, huh? Oh, like I, I, have, I, have, I have some stuff. That, that wasn't a scary story, bro. These stories are true, want- bro. These are true stories. Yeah, you. I'm. You want me to tell you like a halfway kind of weird scary story that happened right in your neck of the woods in South Florida? Do you want to do it now, or do you want to save it for the next one? It's a quick story. It's all the way at the end of the podcast. I all don't right. think. I don't think. All right, we have a lot of people hit listening. it, hit it, and then we'll finish up. Yeah. So this is this is this is a, a folklore story that you have to you have to have been around South America to hear about this and in the right place to hear okay. about this. So this is this is like around the uh, the late eighties. Um, there was a, a guy, a, a cocaine dealer in Miami, a Colombian guy. He was they had him they had him held up in a hotel. They had him pretty pretty well surrounded and there was kind of no no escape no way to get out um and you know he kind of knew it they were waiting their time the, the cops had him up there and you know he, he was armed so were they so it was, a, it was a bit of a standoff but it was like a pretty cold standoff and he called the reinforcements and they sent a brujo this guy who practiced brujeria um, to go in there and get him, and the guy's sitting in his hotel room. Cops are outside. Oh, they're all armed, waiting for him. 
to come out. Eventually, he's got to come out of there. And while he's sitting in there, he hears a knock on the door. And he says, who's this? And he says, it's El Brujo. So El Brujo comes in. He's got his back. Guy can't believe the Brujo made it in there because cops are like, nobody gets in or out. And then El Brujo brings out his stuff, feathers, smoke, does his whole song and dance. And tells the guy, okay, now look at me in my, look at me in my eyes. Says, okay, now I'm going to turn around. I'm going to put your hands on my shoulders. I'm going to walk out of here. And you're just going to keep following me. And he says, and do not look anyone in their eyes. Do not look anyone in the face as we leave out of here. Okay? Or you'll fuck everything up. Guy goes, all right. So... Guy puts his hands on the back of Brujo's shoulder. Brujo starts walking out. Guy starts walking out behind Brujo with his gaze down. They walk right in between cop cars and cops standing outside drinking coffee, donuts and shit, armed. Walk right in between all of them. Uh, and then uh, a few blocks a few blocks down, then they, they uh, somebody picked them up and they left. That's a real story. <laughs> happened in, happened uh, in South Florida. Oh yeah, the eighties. Huh? Yeah, they thought they had the, they thought they had their man in there. It was like he just vanished, was gone. That's a good one, bro. Yeah, I like I like those types of stories. I like this, that supernatural stuff. So, all right, guys, we we'll hope you enjoyed the podcast and our joke stories. We'll have more on the next one. I have to come up with another story. So, all right, guys, talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.